And welcome back to another episode of Sanctified Reason, a show where we take a look at the things that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. And with Thanksgiving approaching upon us as the time of this conversation, we are actually in Thanksgiving week. We take a look at a lot of the stuff, and it's becoming a non-traditional year. It's a year where there's a lot of political pressure from the politicians in charge to make sure that families don't get together because of covid uh, there are travel restrictions in place and trying to keep people from uh, leaving home and going other places. And so that's the type of thing we're going to talk about. How can we be thankful? How can we celebrate Thanksgiving? How can we be grateful and have gratitude and yet still celebrate and not let the worries of this world? And kind of like the theme, I guess, would be based upon the idea of casting our cares and burdens upon the Lord. And with me is Dan Delzell. And Dan, it definitely is, as we go into this Thanksgiving week, an interesting time because the the country is still in turmoil. There's still a lot of unresolved issues with the election as far as uh, voter fraud and stuff like that, although they're moving towards a Biden administration. There's still a lot of, uh, you know, um, undecided races that are going to be crucial into determining who controls the Senate and a couple of House seats to kind of narrow the margin or widen the margin, depending on what party you're a part of. And so with all these other things, like here in Los Angeles, well, first of all, in California, we've got a 10 p.m. curfew. Everybody's supposed to be home at 10 p.m. And then we've got in the city of Los Angeles or the county of L.A., really, a mandate coming down from higher-ups that say restaurants need to close their in-store dining or any type of dining, uh, only takeout and curbside, although some cities are starting to buck that trend. And so there's a lot of uncertainty. You know, should you get together with family? Is it safe to get together with family? You know, what's going on? And so, you know, when we get into these type of situations, if we look to the world for the answers, I think we're going to continue to have unrest and uneasy feelings. And it's only when we turn to God that we get a peace that passes all understandings when it comes to especially this type of tumultuous times. Yeah, I think that's a very good analysis of, of the time and uh, the year that we live in, Son. I, uh, I, I'm just thinking as you're talking how it really does require us this year to have to, to dig deeper than we, we typically have had to because um, we haven't had the, the, the sorts of, of just national issues maybe that, that, that this year has seen. And, of course, obviously, you know, worldwide with, with COVID. But, but then we, you, you add all of the, the political uh, stuff here uh, in America. Uh, like you say, Son, there's still uh, are questions about, many questions, in fact, about, about the election, you know, we, we've never had an election where there have been this many um, charges of, of fraud and of cheating and things they're looking into. And it certainly seems like, you know, the Trump administration and his team, I guess, is, is uh, gearing up to take some of, these, uh, some of these issues and allegations all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, kind of reminds us of uh, Bush uh, v. Gore, you know, 20 years ago when, you know, it really came down to Florida and then the Supreme Court had to uh, had to step in and, and uh, of course, uh, you know, George Bush uh, ended up winning, but they had all of the, the ballots and the hanging chads and everything there. Well, now we've got, you know, they're like maybe at least six states in play. And, and what I mean by that is that they're really challenging, um, you know, the results in uh, in Michigan and Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, uh, in Georgia and Nevada and Arizona. And so, um, you know, if you stop and think about it, if, if say, for example, if Georgia, Pennsylvania and, uh, Michigan 
you know, just those three, I think. If those three were to go uh, on Trump's side, then, you know, he would end up winning. Um, but I, I saw a poll today, too, that was showing that he's the front runner uh, now in uh, 2024. If, if, if this doesn't get overturned uh, and, and they were showing like 52 percent of the GOP uh, who they polled in this poll, of like 700 and some people, 52 percent chose Trump. I think 12 percent chose Pence. And, and I think Donald Jr. had like 8 percent. So, you know, folks are thinking, I think um, at least Trump supporters, I think, are looking at it like, well, you know, he's either going to have four more years now, which he really deserves, many Trump supporters would say. And, and this, uh, you know, I, uh, another thing I, I read today is that, you know, uh, only 3% of Trump supporters uh, feel that um, this election really has gone uh, to Biden. And, and so 97% apparently of Trump supporters feel that, um, you know, it, it, it involved cheating and fraud and, and it really did not go to Biden. So we'll just have to see what the courts, uh, you know, end up doing. But in the midst of all that, you know, we, we have to dig deep uh, in the midst of COVID, uh, the midst, in, in the midst of a Thanksgiving week that is going to be different um, than our typical Thanksgivings in terms of gathering, although I see a lot of people are still flying and everything. Um, but uh, obviously, there'll be a lot of, of gatherings that won't happen. We seem to see kind of how things play out out there in your neck of the woods in California with all the restrictions. Uh, I guess everybody but Newsom, <laughs> you know, has to be uh, has to be tied down out there. I guess the rules don't apply to him, though, huh? No, that's something that we've seen from California politicians all along. You know, you've got Gavin Newsom, which originally it was reported that he met with some people and they tried to spin it as if he was outside. And then it turned out he wasn't. He was inside. And then it was only 12 people. But now there are reports coming out saying there might have been upwards of 22 to 25 people. And then the people that were there were all or there's a few big wigs in the uh, medical association business that were there kind of lobbyists and so that spun the thought that okay if the governor of california with some medical professionals are gathering together in an enclosed environment no mass no social distancing then is there really a concern do we really need to be nervous because the one person in the state of california that should have all the information about as to how bad this thing is would be the governor right. and yet he right. has thrown all you know uh, caution to the wind and meeting with other medical executives and stuff. And so, yeah, and then you've got Nancy Pelosi doing her hair salon, you know, and then uh, our city mayor, you know, he was out during the protests with no masks, you know, kneeling in the streets, you know, bowing down to the people. So, yeah, you know, when you take a look at the political leaders and the hypocrisy right. that they spew, yeah. you know, a lot of Californians are starting to push back, and I think rightfully so. And it's starting to become. Well, that's right. You know, yeah. it's starting to become, instead of a time to be grateful and thankful for the things that we've mm-hmm. got, you know, we're starting to have to defend against our liberties, defend against, you know, the things that make this country great. And it really is, you know, a divisive time and a sad time between not only people and citizens, but citizens and politicians. Yeah, you know, it, it makes me think of, of the Pharisees in the New Testament, who were very much like those politicians you were pointing out there, son. I mean, they were very much, you know, do as I say, you know, not as I do. Um, you know, it's, it's like the rules don't seem to apply uh, to us, you know, but we're going to try to um, tie you down and bind your uh, hearts and consciences and your lives uh, with these rules, which, of course, you know, when Jesus came onto the scene, um, you know, and not, not to make Trump a bigger figure than he is or, you know, any sort of messianic figure, although many would, you know, at least in the political system, you know, would, would look at Trump and say, I mean, we've, we've waited for a long time 
for someone to come in who's not a politician, uh, who really would kind of raise and, and lift this banner of populism and, and give, give the decision making back to the people. I mean, you know, I think what many people find so refreshing with Trump, uh, on this song is, is that, um, he does, he, he does want the people to, to make the decisions. He does want the people to be able to choose what, what school they, they send their kids to and, and how many people they have in their home for an event and, and, and where they would, you know, would wear a mask or where they would, um, do this or where they would do that. And, uh, and so many other things as well. And, and we saw with the election, this, uh, almost what I would say is like a revival of conservatism, uh, across the, the racial, uh, lines, uh, because, you know, um, common sense is not, uh, limited to a certain race. I mean, common sense is something that God has given all of us. And so it's been beautiful to see the number of black and Latino, uh, voters and spokespeople who have, have said, Hey, you know, um, we believe in family values and conservative values and, uh, you know, less government and, and more power and decision-making to the people. And this of course is what Trump has, has touted for his whole, uh, his whole time there in office and, and then leading up to it. And so, um, I guess, you know, when, when Jesus came along, uh, he was such a threat to, uh, the religious leaders of his day because he didn't play by their rules. And, and he brought, and he was bringing to the world something they could never have, have, have given. And that is, uh, you know, eternal salvation. And, and, and so, of course, Donald Trump on a much lesser scale, um, is someone who's come in and he's been able to bring people something that these other politicians couldn't seem to deliver. And, and they always seem to, to, to cave into their own personal interests and to their, their own little club. And, and, you know, no wonder there have been so many, even Republican, uh, politicians who seem to have a, almost an inner hatred for, for, for Trump because they want it back the way they used to have it. Uh, but I don't, I don't know that things are going to go back to, to that, uh, at least for the, you know, Republican party, or maybe they'll end up being a, a separate group, uh, that will form out of this. Um, but regardless, um, you know, Jesus, Jesus gives us on what, what the world cannot, what no politician can give us. He gives us forgiveness and eternal life. He gives us a deep well within our soul that we can draw upon, especially in times like this, in times with, with COVID, in times with, you know, national turmoil and protests and, and, uh, lots of shootings. I mean, my goodness, Don, I mean, this goes on everywhere. You may have heard in the news, but just the other night, there was a shooting here at the Sonic uh, Drive-In, which is like maybe, you know, probably a mile uh, from our home over in Bellevue. Uh, and this guy, I, I, you know, he went into this uh, this place and, and two employees were killed and two others injured. And I noticed that, you know, it made national news. Um, and of course, I mean, this, you know, Chicago sees, you know, multiple, you know, shootings like that every weekend. And, and uh, you know, so it goes on everywhere. But it, it's just this sort of violence and, and all of the, this, the stuff with COVID, um, if there was ever a time in America when you would think, Son, that people would, would look to the Lord, if there was ever a Thanksgiving when, you know, we as a nation need to turn to God and, and give him thanks for life and for liberty and, and for salvation and, and just for the necessities of life, even if we can't gather maybe with our, our families in the same way that we did, or some will, some won't, I suppose, but um, whatever your circumstances, um, you know, we can find a thankful heart in the Lord. Um, there's always reasons to give him thanks and praise. And, and I think if we'll do that, Son, as a nation, uh, or at least it's going to have to you know, be individuals that do this, 
Um, it's going to make a difference in our attitude. It's going to make a difference in our Thanksgiving. It's going to make a difference as we finish out this very difficult year that we've been in. Um, it's almost like we've been on pause. You know, it just kind of feels like, uh, you know, if you want to compare it to like a, a basketball game, it's like a timeout was called. We've been on the bench now for, you know, you know, eight, nine months. We're waiting for the, the clock to, you know, the, uh, the refs say, come on back in, you know, and uh, it doesn't seem to be happening. Um, uh, although, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel and we got this vaccine coming and, and, uh, but ultimately the Lord is our light. He is our hope. He's our strength. And so, um, here on Thanksgiving, son, hopefully millions of Americans will, will look to the Lord and give him thanks for his many blessings and especially, you know, for sending his only son to be our savior because without Jesus, uh, we would have no ultimate hope, no ultimate peace, no forgiveness of our sins, no eternal life in heaven. So we've got a lot, a lot to be thankful for. Uh, as we always do, regardless of the circumstances that we find ourselves living in. You know, Dan, one of the things or reasons why I think we're in the state that we are today as far as with people and um, a lot of ebb and flow in thought and ideology is there's no, there's no, nobody's grounded or convicted in their belief system. You know, we as Christians, we have a foundation that is a biblical one that gives us our values, gives us our morals, you know, and even though we may not follow them 100%, but at least it's a guide for us to strive to fulfill these morals and values and lifestyles and, and things like that. Um, but a lot of people out there don't have these or don't have a foundation in an ideology or, or belief that will allow them to make decisions based. It's kind of like, you know, building your house on the sand versus building your house on the rock. And when you see, you know, in times like this, a lot of uh, turmoil, you see a lot of people that don't really know what to think or believe. So they just go along with the masses. And I think there's a lot of confusion with people because you take a look at all this time we've been told that we need to believe science. Okay, COVID is is out there. We need to believe science. But then yet when it comes to gender, we don't believe science because there's more than two genders, right? When it comes to the uh, pro-choice, pro-abortion movement, my body, my choice is their slogan. So a woman gets to do whatever she wants with her body. But yet now we have to wear masks and we have to be vaccinated and the my body, my choice doesn't work. So there's a lot of confusion there with that, you know. And then you've got, you know, Christians who are out there that are like hating on the current president, which is fine. But then they're supporting somebody whose national agenda is uh, supports, you know, the platform of the Democratic Party supports abortion. And um And so then it's like, okay, wait a minute, as a Christian, should you really be supporting somebody? So there's a lot of confusion going on with people. And I've seen it. I've seen it through just, you know, posts on social media, people I've talked to, other conversations that I've heard people have with other people, you know. And, for example, here's an example. So I'm watching this video on uh, social media, and it's a high-octane dance video. These, uh, These dancers in the video are doing this, like, really fast, upbeat dance. And the reason why it caught my attention, one, it was pretty entertaining, but two, it was down here in Hollywood on the uh, the Walk of Fame. And so I'm oh, uh-huh. familiar with the location. So that was another reason yeah. that caught my attention. So then I start reading through the comments. And almost the first 10, 12 comments were all about them not having a mask on. And not, really? you know, and the people around them not having a mask on. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. have we gotten yeah. to the point where we are putting our faith in a mask so much so that we can't even enjoy something without criticizing the mask, without, you know, looking, looking through yeah. the lens of a mask is our salvation. And we've been in mm-hmm. California now for, since the beginning of this thing. Um, and we've had one of the most strictest, uh, lockdowns and, um, you know, regulations and, 
curfews. Right. You know, we've had we've had the strictest uh, restrictions put upon us than any other state, maybe outside New York. And I've, I even, I would even argue that we um, beat New York with restrictions because New York City schools were open and we haven't been open. And yeah. yet, we just have the other day the single most uh, number of cases, twenty thousand cases, hit L.A. County or hit California, I guess. And it's yeah. like people don't understand that the stuff you're putting your faith in and putting your hope in is still failing today, even after months and months of these, you know, restrictions yeah. and stuff. And so it's like, do not yeah. see that there has to be something greater we put our faith in. That's right. Tom. Because the things that we're trying to put our faith in isn't working, and California could be the testament to that. But then, too, we should also at this time take a moment to be grateful and thankful for the things that we do have, our health, our family, right. whatever it might be, because right. we never know when this could be the last time we get together as a family for Thanksgiving with the current you know, family nucleus that we have. We, we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold, and yet we're still kind of arguing and fighting over all this other stuff, and yet we've taken our focus off the Lord, and it seems like we're now falling into the sea with all the waves crashing around us. Yeah, you know, we, we, we come at this song, you know, with our own perspectives and opinions and viewpoints and even our own interpretations of the scientific data. And, and so you're exactly right. I mean, you got people touting science, but, but not all those touting science will, will tell you to wear a mask in, 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 you know, a bunch of situations. Some will tell you, you know, that that's not, not the thing to do. Um, you know, it's kind of like with that climate change debate, you know, I mean, there are so many people that, uh, are not at all convinced by, by the so-called science on climate change and others who are. I'm just thankful, Son, that when we move into the realm of sanctified reason that comes from the Holy Spirit, uh, that comes from the Bible, um, I'm just thankful that we can be 100% certain that it's true. And, and it, it, it doesn't matter, you know, who believes it or who doesn't. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, that there are some professing Christians, of course, who've been, you know, hating on, on Trump. Uh, you know, something like 80% of evangelical Christians, once again, uh, here this year, just like four years ago, voted for, uh, for Donald Trump. And so, um, you know, it seems that, you know, 80% of evangelical Christians, um, see, uh, see him as the, as, as the right choice for that, uh, for that position. But but regardless, you're going to end up with people with different views, especially when we're talking about so-called common sense. It doesn't appear to be so common in, in, in that um, it, it seems to fall on one side or the other. Uh, I mean, again, climate change, uh, the, the, the science on masks, the science on COVID, um, you know, the whole uh, just debate about, um, you know, how many people together. I mean, you know, sadly, many churches are having to, you know, to, to, to work through these, these struggles. And especially, you know, if you think about, you know, churches where not everybody's going to, you know, have the same view. So, so it, it can create, you know, conflict and tension and, and, um, you know, in, in the one place where, where we, we shouldn't have to worry about any of that, but we've got pressure coming in from the outside, from different, uh, you know, governors in certain states. Um, but, but it just causes me to think, Son, that I'm just so glad that when we come into sanctified reason, which the Holy Spirit gives us through the Word, you know, for example, the Bible says that, that Scripture is able to make us wise for salvation. Well, that right there, son, is sanctified reason. Um, you know, you, you could have a very high IQ. You could be an Albert Einstein, but, but not be wise for salvation. You could have common sense and or a, a big IQ, uh, a, a very high IQ, but without the Holy Spirit, 
uh, dwelling within you through faith in Christ, without his illumination, without his um, uh, work in your heart and in your mind, you won't have sanctified reason. Uh, you won't believe in Jesus as your Savior. You, you won't give thanks this, this Thanksgiving that your sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Um, you, you might get all caught up um, in, in just what's going on in the world to the extent that that's all you, that's, that's as far as your, your, your worldview goes. And how tragic, Son, for, for those, and there are many, uh, who, you know, that's all they have. Uh, you know, it's often said, and I've heard it said, you know, that, that people on the left politically, uh, so many of them, that is like their religion. That's all they have. So if they lose, it's like their whole life crumbles down. And whereas I heard somebody saying recently that, that, that you know, conservatives, it's not that way. I mean, politics isn't everything for the conservative. Uh, it's about, you know, God and family, about faith, about, uh, you know, just um, keeping things um, in, in priority. It's about freedom. It's about individual uh, choice. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think, son, uh, this is a time when people can really um, reexamine their own views. And for those who do not yet have sanctified reason, um, Jesus, just like he met that, that woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, uh, Jesus invites people to the well today. One of the last verses of the Bible, Revelation twenty two seventeen, says, whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. And so today's son, for anyone listening to this who maybe hasn't ever maybe drank from that well, or maybe it's been a long time. Uh, uh, maybe it's been a long year uh, for, for, for somebody listening. Maybe uh, COVID and, and everything else has so filled their mind that they just need uh, to just slow down and just sit down with Jesus. Uh, I love something that you said, Son, as we were uh, just visiting before the podcast today, just about you know how we would be talking today about just resting in the arms of Jesus. What a beautiful thought. What a beautiful thought. You know, the Bible says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And, and uh, well, Jesus actually said that, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest uh, in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight. And And so this Thanksgiving is a time for us to come to the Lord, to lay our burdens at his feet, um, to ask him to forgive our sins. And when we do that, then we'll begin to flow not only in forgiveness, um, not only in the knowledge of salvation, uh, not only in the in the fact that heaven will be our home, but we'll also begin to flow in in more uh, sanctified reason. We'll start to look at things as God describes it in His Word, which is a, a higher level upon which to live. And it certainly is higher than than politics. Uh, it certainly is higher than the scientific debates of this world. Uh, whatever your interpretation of the scientific data, um, you're you're going to stand before the Lord one day, my friend. Um, we all will. And, uh, all that's going to matter on that day is that you're in good standing with him. And, and the only way that can happen is to have your sins forgiven, uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. And then God puts his righteousness upon you. Uh, you, you, you don't go to that day trying to justify yourself. You go to that day having been forgiven, justified, saved, redeemed, and born again way back when you trusted Christ. And so if you'll do that today, um, you'll be given this free gift. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your eternity, and it's going to be for good. Uh, not that this life is going to be perfect, and you may have far more troubles than um, you ever thought you would in this life. But hang on. Don't give up. Um, you know, something very good is coming for every believer in Jesus, and we just want to keep our eyes on him, especially now. You know, Dan, there's a lot of talk coming from, like, say, the Democrats. You know, you you get this mixed emotion or this mixed message, 
it says, oh, now's the time to unify, but yet they're calling out for a vengeance against GOP people. You've got the attorney general in Michigan uh, looking to see if there could be criminal charges pressed upon Republican lawmakers that met with Trump. You've got, yeah. you know, AOC and some of these other people and even, uh, you know, pundits on CNN creating this hit list, you know, of, of how to get revenge on people. And so you've got right. this uh, this mentality out there that, you know, we're going to get some payback. We're going to get our due back to us. And it's starting to kind of bleed over into other parts of society. You're starting to see that with people and the way they talk and the way I see social media uh, posts and stuff like that. And it's really starting to get to become a scary thing because you've got, you know, these political figures that are sitting there preaching basically violence and revenge. And yet we're supposed to be coming together as a country. And I think that's another yeah. example for me about, you know, when we have our foundations in something yeah. or or if we don't have our foundations in something, if we have our foundations in politicians and the government, I mean, think about this. In the next four years, you could have a huge shakeup in our political system. As of December 10th, 2020, there will be 31 of, of 100 senators. So 30% of the senators will be over 70 years of age. You've got here in California, Dianne Feinstein is like 87. Um, you've got uh, Nancy Pelosi, who I think is 80, 81. You've got Maxine Waters, who's 82. You take a look at yeah. Biden. He's 78. He just uh, right. was going to pick somebody, I think John Kerry, for some position. Kerry's 76. Um, then this yeah. other uh, lady, uh, Janet Yellen, you know, she's 74. So, you know, when we're talking about four years, a lot of us don't think that's, you know, a long time. And even 2022, right. we're like, oh, that's only two years off. But when you think about it, with the way that the, the country is going with COVID and, you know, Chuck Grassley is like 87, 86, and he just got COVID, yeah. there could be a yeah. huge shift and a huge change with the political leaders right. of this country. So if you're putting yeah. your faith because of their age, if you're putting your faith yeah. in them, then you really should be questioning yourself because these people you're putting your faith in might not be around in a few years just due to the fact of natural age progression. You know, we're not promised to live for eternity. At some point, we all go, and some of these politicians are getting to the point of the end of their natural life. And so are you going to put your faith in something that is now looking to be something that is going to possibly end? Or are you going to put your faith in something and your ideology and your convictions in something that's going to last forever? Well, that's it, son. You know, uh, everything we see right now is temporary. You know, the Bible says that, you know, what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. Um, we are seeing, you know, some things in America just on a, a common sense level where people are rising up and they're um, just just by the way the election went. You know, they were saying, um, you know, we don't want the agenda of, of the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, we, we want equality for races. We, we want racism out of here completely, but we don't want the radical agenda of that movement or of the, the radical left, left wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, we don't want the protest. We don't want to defund, um, you know, the police. Or if it is a protest, we want it to be peaceful. You know, uh, we, we don't want the, this radicalized, uh, crazy, um, you know, stuff that we started to really see during the Obama administration. You know, many people have said that, that, that I mean, um, just the, the condition between the races in America uh, was really doing quite well before he went into office. And he did so much, whether intentional or not, to change that. And, um, and, and so 
um, you know, he was not a uniter at all. Uh, President Trump uh, has, has done things that have helped um, many, many people across racial lines to see that it's not about, you know, identity politics. It, it, it's, it's about um, us being one as Americans, just like we as Christians. Son, we, we, we look at, at, at the Bible and say, you know, all who believe in Jesus, we are one in Christ, regardless of your, uh, of your denomination. And, um, and yet we live in a time, Son, where, um, you know, people seem to believe in some cases that the ends justify the means. You know, one, one of the questions that um, I've been pondering here lately, and I even uh, wrote an article about it here, um, and, and it, was, it was titled, Son, and I'll share it with you, it was titled, um, Do You Want Illegal Votes to Count? Do You Want Illegal Votes to Count? And, 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 and so, um, you know, most people recognize that there was some measure of fraud in this election and people are trying to just determine just how, just how far that went. Um, uh, but, but there was certainly some measure of fraud. Some believe massive fraud. Um, but, but the question that can really cut to the issue of personal integrity is, you know, do I want illegal votes to count or, um, would I be, would I be okay with my candidate winning? even if it meant cheating. Um, well, that's not American, son. In fact, no one who would want that really deserves to call themselves an American any more than a, a person who is unwilling to live for the Lord, uh, who is, does not believe in Jesus as their Savior from sin. You, you can't rightly call yourself a Christian if you, if you, you know, uh, are not someone who, who's trusting Christ and, and earnestly wanting to live for him. Uh, likewise, to call yourself an American um, after all that people have done, all the blood that people have, have spilled, all the patriots uh, in our country, so we could be free, so we could have free elections. Well, this election, Son, is the closest thing many feel to a banana republic that we've seen uh, here in America. And some of it has to do with these crazy uh, voting machines. Some of it has to do with this crazy mail-in balloting. Some of it has to do with other stuff that goes on. Uh, with the poll workers have witnessed, and uh, you know there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of affidavits to this effect that people, uh, at, at the risk of going to prison for five years, have said, "Hey, I saw some stuff. I know some stuff." And boy, when you look at what some of the experts are saying about these ballot dumps in the middle of the night in some of these states, and and some of that stuff is just really starting to hit, um, you know, hit hit, hit the uh, the internet and 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 beyond right now, son, where people are starting to see what what people have witnessed and what people who know what these computers are capable of. Uh, so, I mean, we, we, we haven't gotten to the bottom of that yet, but I, I go back to the question. Um, do I want illegal votes to count? And if I do, then that needs to be real gut check. Uh, be, be, because if I'm going to be a person of integrity, there's no way then that I can choose to want illegal votes to count. It, it just, those two are not compatible. Uh, there, there's no integrity as an American if a person wants illegal votes to count. So that's something that any, anybody who would fall into that category, hopefully there aren't too many in our nation, but, but you know, you're going to get that everywhere. You're going to get some people who believe the ends justify the means and they're willing to, to lie and cheat and steal um, uh, in order to get their ends met. Uh, but, but on a bigger, on a bigger plane, son, uh, when it comes to Christianity, um, you know, it's time for people to do a gut check. If, if, if they're ready to do what you were talking about a moment ago, and that's just to, you know, get, get real with the Lord and, and bring their sin to him 
and be forgiven of their sin because when all is said and done, you know, you and I and, and every listener saw, we're not going to be standing in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. We're not going to be standing in front of any United States president or representative or politician. We're going to be standing there with the Lord. And um, it's only those who are forgiven, uh, only those who are, you know, as Jesus calls the sheep, you know, as the angels will separate, you know, the people, uh, you know, as, as a shepherd, you know, would separate the sheep from the goats. Well, that's what's going to happen on, on Judgment Day, son. And um, nobody who finds on that day that they're a goat is going to is going to be happy about it. Um, no one who uh, goes to their grave um, and and refuses to trust Christ decides to to pass on Jesus's uh, salvation. No one's going to be happy that they did that. Uh, whereas every sheep, you know, will be content with the Lord. Uh, will be happy in the Lord, will be joyful in the Lord. Um, you know, in Psalm 16, uh, 11, it says, You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And this is what the Lord has waiting for all of his children, son, just like he told the thief on the cross who, who called upon him and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. So that's our ultimate uh, destination, son. That's our home. In the meantime, we do what we can to help folks here uh, because this this earth is quickly passing away. Um, you know, kings come and go, politicians come and go, nations come and go. Uh, but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and that's why I so appreciate your podcast on Sanctified Reason because it, it addresses the most important topic on the planet. Nothing compares. I mean, even when you and I talk about politics or other things, um, you know, I know you, you, we enjoy talking about sports, too, especially, you know, uh, off the air here when we're talking about different teams or this or that. Um, I mean, you know, those are all fun things to talk about. And when it comes to politics, very important things to talk about. But it pales in comparison to the importance of eternity. Uh, eternity. Where will you, my friend, if you're listening today, where will you spend eternity? It's time to take that question to heart. Because you're not getting any younger, um, and the day is quickly approaching when the Lord's going to come down out of the sky, and only those who are righteous in Christ, only those who are forgiven of their sins, only those who are covered by the blood of the Lamb will be ready to go with Him. The others will all be left behind. They'll be left to their own devices. They'll be left to pay for their own sins. Uh, they'll be left to, uh, to only wish that they could somehow escape eternal uh, punishment in hell, which Jesus spoke about as much as he did about heaven. But, but on that day, it'll be too late. So my friend, don't let that happen to you. You don't have to be one of those people. Right now, right now, come to Christ. Right now, repent of your sin. Get down on your knees, if, if that will help you. But in your heart, at least, um, get down on your knees and call upon the Lord um, and, and be sincere about it and be earnest. And, and be honest with the Lord. Be honest with yourself, uh, you know, and God will forgive you. He loves you. He'll forgive you. Uh, he wants a relationship with you. But um, this is not child's play. Uh, this is not make-believe. This is real. This is real as it gets. And, and God is calling you this day uh, into his family uh, through faith in his son, Jesus. You know, Dan, as we talk about, you know, people and their, their ideology, their faith, what they're grounded in and what they're not grounded in, one of the things that, you know, comes to mind after talking about our conversation last time, which was basically in a nutshell, perhaps Trump took his focus off of, you know, the very entity, that being God, that put him in office and made it more about himself. 
uh, as maybe a possibility as to why, sure. you know, he didn't win. You know, we were speculating on some things. Well, here's the other thing that I find uh, interesting. You know, when we when we look at our politicians, you know, of course, uh, um, they all have their own self-agenda. They all have self-preservation. They want to be reelected, so they're going to act accordingly, and that's going to put them, you know, as a jellyfish in the ocean as they just – Bob up and down with the ebb and flow of the tide, you know, no real spring. Right. We have a, we have a, we have a, we have, a, you know, enough politicians that are, you know, have a spine, have convictions, have belief, you know, in whatever it is yeah. that there are. But there are a lot that you will see. I mean, that's the whole term flip flop. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole term yeah. flip flop came out of spineless people, politicians just yeah. trying to preserve themselves. And so I think that's we're right. starting to see, you know, decisions based on that. You know, I mean, we've haven't heard too much about it. I think it's probably now in the court process, but you know, uh, John MacArthur's church out here was being persecuted. Other churches mm-hmm. were being persecuted because they tried to open uh, just a couple weeks ago, maybe not even that long ago. Uh, in San Diego, there was a ruling that strip clubs can open and be indoors because it's a protected free speech, according to what the judge's rule was. But churches have to remain closed. So apparently... So apparently the freedom of speech of taking off your clothes is protected, but your freedom of religion is not protected. And yet they're both, you know, in the Constitution, they're both, uh, you know, given to us as a inalienable right. And it's just these people are sitting there and making these decisions, you know, based on their political, you know, agenda and what they want with their political longevity. You know, we see that out here all the time with uh, the hypocrisy of the politicians, you know, stay home, don't go out, wear a mask, and yet they go out and they don't wear a mask and they do things that they tell us not to do. And then they try to spin it as if it was, you know, I was set up, you know, the salon set me up. Well, if the salon is setting you up, Nancy Pelosi, maybe you shouldn't be in office because what's China going to do to you? You know, you know, Gavin Newsom, if you're sitting there lying to us and then you say, oh, it's just an honest, honest mistake. Well, how many other honest mistakes are you going to do? You know, and there's no conviction. There's nothing there to keep these politicians from just doing whatever they want. And that's what people don't understand. They don't understand that that starts to trickle down. I was teaching in the education field for a while before COVID hit. And I saw all kinds of hypocrisy, you know, hypocrisy from the standpoint of a, for example, a federal government ice, uh, which is the customs comes on campus. We're not supposed to cooperate with them, you know? And so it's like, okay, we're not supposed to follow federal law, but yet then we're supposed to follow these, you know, if, if we, if we sense, if we sense that there's some sort of abuse going on, we have to mandatory yeah. report that. I mean, you know, what's this conflict about which rules we follow and which we don't? And I think that's exactly. what we've, what we've gotten to. We've gotten to the point where society is teaching us, you know, we follow the only the rules of those in the majority of public opinion. Um, you know, there's some people now that uh, are starting to push back. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but there's a, a popular Disney TV show called The Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars spinoff. And one of the actresses on the show is a uh, conservative and has spoken her views. And now people are trying yeah. to write her off and sign petitions to get her off the show because of her beliefs. Wow. You know, wow. and, and it's come to the point now, and we've known this for a while. You know, we've, we've known Trump supporters that have been stalked and shot in the streets of Portland, uh, where right. people have been attacked because they're wearing a MAGA hat. You know, so we've seen the abuse that you know, Trump supporters have faced and it's only going to get worse. And we've seen people, you know, in the church that have been persecuted and it's only going to get worse because you've got this message out there being like, it's okay to do something against these people because the majority says it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and exactly son. And 
you know, I, I think of Jesus's words, uh, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and what Jesus uh, ran into during his ministry was that those people who were locked up on the inside, bound by their traditions, uh, bound by their hatred, bound by their um, desire to control others and, 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 and to be first. You know, I, I just on uh, Sunday, uh, I just uh, had my, uh, my message from Third uh, John, which is the shortest uh, book in the Bible, Son. And in that, in that uh, short uh, letter that, um, that the Apostle John wrote to his dear friend Gaius, uh, he, um, later in that letter, he, he called out a guy in the church named Diatrophes, who uh, John wrote, he loved to be first. And what Diatrophes was doing is he was gossiping maliciously uh, about uh, the apostle and about some of the other leaders of the church. And um, he, he wasn't supporting the church when like missionaries would come through and they would invite him in. Well, he didn't want that. He wanted to be first. He didn't want anybody to get in his way. And so then he would even like run people out of the church if they would, would support those mission workers and things. I mean, so this, this guy was a real mess, but um, the darkness in his heart is, is what, is what led him then to try to lock down what others who were free were trying to do with the gospel and with the Christian fellowship. And so the apostle John just called him out. And, um, but I love that phrase that, that John used for diatrophies. He loved to be first. And this is what the Pharisees were all about uh, in, in the New Testament. They, they love to be first. They love to be seen uh, with their flowing robes, the Bible says, you know, as they would parade around in the synagogue and, wow, look at us, you know. And then here comes this, this carpenter. Are you kidding me? Um, uh, th th this guy who's hanging out with these common people, or these, these fishermen, and, and, I mean, who is he to tell us uh, that our religion needs um, – you know, needs an update. Uh, who is he to, to even dare to think that he's the Messiah, you know, but they were bound inside. And so they sought to bind others, to bind others' consciences. Um, and, and, you know, just on a, on a human level, son, this is why, you know, I think all these politicians who hate Trump and, and, and really we see this hatred, son, spilling over. And you, you were giving some examples of it uh, with, you know, trying to pay back people and things. Um, it's amazing to me some of the broad uh, strokes that I've, I've heard a few people, crazy people, make about like all those who voted for Trump, like you know, like seventy-four million or whatever. You know that that all these people, some of the comparisons they've made, some of the things they've said about you know half of the people in this country. Um, it just shows how out of touch they are, but but how much they hate people being free. They don't just hate Donald Trump. They hate him because he's free. They hate him because he doesn't bind himself to the Washington politicians, Republican or Democrat. Um, he leads. And he did that in business before he ever did it in the White House. And they don't like that. You know, they like to be able to control you with the lobbyists. They like to be able to control you with, with what they want done. Uh, but that's the way the Pharisees were. And, and, and that's what we see today, son. Whenever somebody's controlled by dark forces on the inside of their heart, um, then they, it's all about the lockdown, uh, shutting down others, uh, freedom of speech, sh shutting down others, freedom of religion, shutting down others, uh, freedom of movement. Um, and it, it's just, you know, it's not difficult many times to know what's in a person's heart because to spout either control, power, control, lockdown of, of what people can do versus freedom. 
versus just thankfulness versus how can we help others to be free. And this, again, is why I think so many people across racial, uh, the racial divide there, uh, so many people have um, been resonating to this message and, and why it doesn't bode well for 2022. I mean, there was such a move in the House of Representatives. You know, I, I, I uh, heard them say that back um, with uh, both Obama and Clinton, um, after they'd been in office for four years, um, then the, the races for the House, there was something like 60 uh, and the other was like 50 in terms of the number of houses the Republicans took after each of those guys had been in office for like four years. So many people are projecting that in 20, uh, uh, well, really 2022, um, that, that, you know, the Republicans should have a, a good sized majority in the House. Uh, hopefully they'll hang on to the Senate and, and, and they won't, they won't have to, uh, put up with, and the nation won't have to put up with the likes of, of AOC, and Nancy Pelosi and and Adam Schiff and and people who are on lockdown. They're on permanent lockdown, son. Their their lives are on lockdown. They are. It's really pretty pathetic. Their lives are on lockdown, and the only way they can seem to find satisfaction is if they can get more and more people to live the way they live. You know, in that kind of bondage, that kind of control, that kind of darkness. Uh, and yet they put a smile on their face and and pretend like oh all is well, but deep inside their souls. It would have to be very dark, Son, for them to promote the kind of bondage message, the kind of, of just, we're going to control you. Um, that's what the Pharisees did. That's what people who are locked up inside do. They're not free. And in fact, they hate those who are free um, for some reason. But I guess the Bible says the darkness hates the light. So uh, I guess that's a big part of what's going on. You know, you mentioned uh, Third John. And uh, it says in there, you know, in verse 11, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. And I think that's yeah. something that we need to keep in mind. And I don't mean just from the standpoint of, cause we all sin, we all do things that are, right. you know, that are not godly. And so I'm yeah. not talking about the individual specific daily sin that we might do. That's right. It's, that's right. It's the overall that's exactly right, Son. Defining yeah, what the, defines the, us. The, the Greek text there is talking about the one doing good, the one doing evil. So you're exactly right, Son. It's not it's not like, well, you know, it's not talking about the person who's who's lived a perfect life because if that were the case, there'd be no one other than Jesus. And that's the thing we have to remember is that, you know, and so when I go back to that whole idea of Christians supporting Biden, yeah. when you, how are yeah. you going to support somebody that has a platform that kills babies, that is anti-biblical? Right. But yet people right. will turn around and they'll say, okay, well, why can you support Trump? Because of his personal sins. He's a racist. He's a sexist. He's just mean, you know, and all this stuff. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You're looking at two different things. You know, what Trump does, you may not like and that's between him and God, really, if you want to think about it. But his policies might be that that are more accepting of what, you know, the Bible might say. I'm not saying his policies are biblical, but I'm just saying, you know, it could be more, you know, I mean, it was pro-family. It was, you know, pro-country. It was, you know, pro-businessman. You know, it was all these good things, so to speak. Right, and then, and then right, you look right. at, like, this other, you know, higher taxes, you know, mask mandates, vaccine mandates, taking away our liberties, you know, and... I don't care. You cannot argue the fact that there is an assault on the church in America today. And so people will sit there and say, no, that's not the case. It is the case. And so you've got that. You know, Trump's out there saying, let's open up the churches because they're essential. 
And that's someone right. preaching, opening the churches versus, no, we need to lock them down. We need to keep the church down because what do they want to do? They don't want the church. They don't want religious freedom because it goes against the very things that they are trying to promote in their political ideology. Well, that, that, that's right, son. And, you know, those, for example, who accuse Trump of, of being a racist, I mean, he has denounced racism for years, time and time and time again, and yet people will, will speak lies about him, and, and they'll, they'll say this, and yet who has done more, you know, which president did more for the black community, you know, Barack Obama or Donald Trump? You know, there's no comparison, you know? And, and, and so, I mean, what Donald Trump has done for people across the board, you know, there, there's no racism whatsoever in that. And, 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 you know, again, I just think it's a holdover from, from Obama's years. Uh, you know, the, the, these people who are pushing this uh, Black Lives Matter movement and, and, and trying to um, really, um, you know, I, I read a phrase that, that somebody described, uh, you know, America as, um, you know, I guess I, there was, they were talking about like the moral authority and how it, it, you know, because of our history, you know, we, we, we kind of feel like we just don't know if we're, uh, if we have the right to, um, to really take a very high moral ground. But, but that's because that's often, you know, it's often said to us that, you know, well, we're, we're, we're bad and we're racist and we're this. And, and that's what, you know, the Black Lives Movement matter wants people to think that, that we can't take a high moral position on race because of the history of America. But, you know, think about that, son. I mean, if that were the case, then no one who's ever been divorced, uh, uh, you know, if they had any guilt in that at all, could ever take the high ground in marriage again. No one who's ever really sinned could ever take any high ground as a Christian because you've sinned. You know, uh, nobody who's ever, you know, it, it, it's, it's really um, pathetic the way that some people try to use the past, whether, whether it's a person's past or whether it's a nation's past. And, and, and then try to drive their own narrow racist agenda from that. But I'm just so uh, blessed when I look at, at, at black and brown and white people who know better, who are speaking up um, and, and, are, and are denouncing that, that, that sort of racism. And, um, and I think many, many people are recognizing that, um, you know, that, that what Obama talked about did nothing to help racism. What Donald Trump has done uh, has, has, has helped tremendously. And I think that's one reason why uh, folks have gone nuts over uh, some of these terrible things like, like the shooting of, of George Floyd and others. You know, they, they, they've tried to turn that into something it should have never been turned into. Um, I mean, that, that was a terrible thing that happened and needed to be dealt with with those officers involved. But to turn that into, I mean, that, that really, I think, is the legacy of Obama. You know, how to, how to turn, you know, how to turn uh, a national tragedy like that into something where you then, uh, you know, you, you, you try and just create like this movement of, of uh, a, a far left um, socialist, Marxist, um, really a racist, uh, uh, power hungry, um, government in control, uh, type of thing. And, um, boy, America, for those who, if they don't realize the difference that Donald Trump brought, uh, for, for good race relations after eight years of Obama, then they, they don't understand what was really going on. And, and you need to listen to people like, you know, uh, Leo Terrell and, and, and many others, uh, you know, Candace Owens. I mean, some very, 
uh, patriotic black Americans who know what's going on. Herschel Walker, I mean, there are plenty of them who understand um, the, the way the Democratic Party has tried to um, just manipulate the black community and all the lies that have been said to the black community. And, and, and you know, it's just funny to me, son, that now, you know, they were hoping to get, uh, you know, uh, all Hispanic, all Latino, you know, votes going their way. They were hoping if we just open up the border, and it's just funny that that uh, what they're finding is that wait, they're you know, Hispanic and Latino families are they're big on family, they're big on faith, they're big on God, they're big on church, they're big on the things that conservatives uh, want, not the things that liberals want. Um, they're big on life, you know, they're they're pro life. Um, so uh, you know, at the end of the day, the AOC. Uh, type ideology, the Barack Obama ideology, the Nancy Pelosi ideology, it's doomed to fail. Um, it, and, and in those countries where it, it's taken root and um, it, it's just oppressed people, son. And I think we have too many Americans with common sense um, to let that happen. And, and, you know, what we're involved with as Christians, of course, is trying to help people now enter that realm of sanctified reason as well. So add to your common sense, because that common sense is going to go a long way toward helping America. But, but add to that sanctified reason, and you'll get heaven. You'll, you'll get to help reach your family for heaven. You'll get to reach others for heaven. So uh, it, it's just um, on, on a higher plane. And that's what we're about as Christians trying to help lead people to that higher plane because somebody led us there, son. We didn't wake up one day. We weren't smart enough to figure it out. But, but God worked through other people to help us get, get there uh, by faith. And, and now we're trying to help others. And, uh, and, and we see some things, son, going on just even in the political realm that, that, that sanctified reason helps you to see. Uh, and when you're in darkness, you don't see it. You don't see the spiritual realities. You don't even see the political realities. All you want is power, 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 power. And, and it's a very, very dark ideology, and, and I think lots of Americans uh, are, are seeing just how dark it is. Dan, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your time, your thoughts on, on everything each week that we get together. We truly appreciate it. Definitely is some interesting times that are going on right now, and really the only thing that we have to do is just to rely on God because at one point, you know, the world's going to come to an end, and we're all going to enter into eternity and what's eternity going to be like? Well, it's going to depend on, you know, who you are and what your heart is. And have you repented? Have you given your life to God or are you living for yourself? And, and you know, that's right. Day by day, we might live for ourselves on, on at times. And, you know, the Bible talks right. about that. It says it's going to. No one's perfect. There's none righteous, not even one. Uh, we all right. sin, you know, so it's going to happen. So we don't have to beat ourselves up about the fact that we do do that. What we do have to be careful about, though, is that we don't continue to live a lifestyle that then becomes guilt free of the sin that we do because then we've got a serious problem with our, with our faith and convictions. But if we, uh, you know, uh, call upon the name of the Lord, he will be there. And if we are ones that are, uh, you know, going to him, you know, for, for the, the rest for the weary, then, you know, that's where we can find solace because no matter what, at some point our life on this earth will pass and we will enter into eternity. And where do you want to enter into eternity at? To be in eternal glory or eternal damnation? And that's the choice that we all have to make. Amen, son. Very well said. And, and yeah, just great to be with you again today and talk about these important topics and just to uh, be encouraged uh, as we approach Thanksgiving uh, and, and just to be thankful for all that God's given us 
as we've tried to articulate today, and uh, uh, we truly have much to give thanks for. Dan Delzell, author at the Christian Post, also a pastor in a church in Papillion, Nebraska. Uh, you can find him, uh, just go to Facebook and type in Redeemer Lutheran, right? And it pops up, a Redeemer yeah, Church. Yeah, yeah, in, in Papillion. Yeah, Redeemer in Papillion, Nebraska. You bet, Todd. And, yep. and it pops up there, and then also you can find articles that he has written at the Christian Post. I'm Son Edom. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. Dan, thanks so much. We appreciate it, and we look forward to our next conversation. Oh, I sure do as well, Tom. Thank you so much. And hey, just a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And for those of you listening, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.